Welcome to Tales of a Per Entrepreneur with your host, Dr. Biz, aka Jamie Reeves. I'm your host, Jamie Reeves, aka Dr. Biz, and on today's episode, I've managed to persuade a gentleman who has had a massive impact on my life to come on the show. If you went onto Google to describe what a genuine G is, it should read Terry Gormley. Terry Gormley is known as the mind shaper, and if you spend any time around the entrepreneur's circle or Doncaster Rovers, even if you haven't directly been under his influence, a whole bunch of people who you admire will have. Terry is a human behaviour specialist, performance coach, and extremely sought-after motivational speaker. And what makes this even more extraordinary is that Terry comes from very humble South Yorkshire beginnings, starting his life as a miner before joining the RAF as a firefighter. So, without telling the whole of his story in our opening gambit, will you please welcome to Tales of a Per Entrepreneur, the big G himself, Mr. Terry Gormley! Wow, what, what an introduction, mate. I, I feel quite humbled, but what a, what a wonderful introduction, and thank you very much for, yeah, for inviting me on and, uh, uh, and, and allowing, you to, uh, to, allowing me to share some of my story with, with people, the hope that we'll, we can help. At least one more person. Absolutely. Well, you're very welcome. So I'm going to just go straight in. How has your knowledge helped you get more out of your staff and got your kids to do more of the things that they want? Because with you being a human behaviour specialist, surely that puts you in an advantage to where other people might be. How has my knowledge, Jamie, what was it again? Helped get more out of your staff Uh and more out of your kids Ah. to get them to do more of what they should be doing. Yeah. Well, I think one of the greatest things that I ever did in, in my life was, was learn about human behavior and, and the science of personal achievement. I'm in my 21st year of it now. And when you understand how people operate, in, I always say, Jamie, there's an outside world and an inside world. Yeah. And if, if you want to be a great leader, even if you, you're on a team of one, if you just want to lead your family, you know, you have to understand what's going on inside them. They always say, don't they, that uh, ships never sink because of water around them. They always sink because there's water in them. And if yeah. you don't understand what's going on in your kid's life and you don't understand how they're thinking and, and what their behavioral patterns are, you can't really help them uh, get to the next level. And most people, most parents are, are, and most leaders of small businesses uh, are I think focus more on themselves than they do on the on what's happening in in, in their family, and and I, and I think they're missing a real big trick, if I'm honest. So, how did you come to to learn about human behaviour? Then, what what drove you to kind of start getting passionate about that subject and and learning more about that subject? Well, you know, Jamie, when I was growing up, when I was in junior school, I always liked hanging around with uh, older kids than me. Uh, and I didn't really think much of it at the time. I just thought that they understood me a little bit better, and I always found that I, th- I thought a little bit differently. Uh, and I went through school, and I, I didn't have a – well, I left school with no qualifications. I used to play snooker when I was meant to be, uh, uh, you know, in school doing lessons, and then funnily enough, I would go back into school in the afternoon for PE, and I went through life like that. And growing up in a mining village, a coal mining village in South Yorkshire uh, – there was no real drive to do anything apart from go to the coal mine. So I didn't see any benefit of going through school and education. And that was great then. But as, as I started going through, I spent six years as a coal miner working underground. And that was just not a nice 
uh, uh, living. And so then I went as a firefighter and then as uh, in the Air Force. Then I went local authority firefighting and Ministry of Defence. So I was working with fast jets and I was working in Norfolk Fire Service. And like most firefighters, on your day off, you want to try and do something and make a little bit extra money. Well, I had no skill. I had no, I couldn't, I wasn't a painter and a decorator. I didn't do roofing. I wasn't a bricklayer. I, you know, I couldn't really do anything. So I ended up setting up a fire safety business. And what I found is that growing up in a, in a mining village, the way in which I communicated wasn't amazing. I'll just say that. Uh, and I ha- when I was going out into businesses and speaking to businesses, it, it, I just didn't seem to be on the same wavelength as them. Uh, and it's 21 years ago now, 2003, that I went on a uh, an eight-day training course, what I thought was about learning to communicate, and that completely transformed my life. And I began to understand myself, my, my behaviors, my patterns, and then I began to this journey now, which is of lifelong learning and, and being a student of human behavior in particular, uh, the, the, the science of personal achievement. What is it that one person does? So if you've got two people who have set up their own little business, because uh, very often uh, you, you, I think there are these levels. You start in education, then you go to employment, and then you go to self-employment, and that's a huge leap. There's only sort of 1% of the population ever do that. And then if yeah. you bring staff, then you become a manager. And then once you get more and more staff and you grow and develop, then you have to become a leader. And these different steps of the way, it's really difficult. Uh, and I think then you go to entrepreneur. Then I, this is what I believe personally, then investor. Because, in, you know, investors just put their money into places that they know are going to work. And I think that's the highest level. But the big step for people is going from that uh, employment to self-employment. And, yeah, for me, it was... Uh, uh, I did this course. I got so much from it. I did another sort of 12-day course. Then I did another seven-day course. Then I did a 21-day course. I became fascinated with how I can improve myself. And even now, I'm 58 years old now. Even now, uh, every week, I still read uh, books. I still listen to podcasts. You know, I, I'm fascinated with anybody that can that, that has done something different. So if you've got two people... yeah. Uh, solopreneurs, let's call them, parentpreneurs, one will do much better than the other very often. And I'm really interested in what is it that they do different in the inside world that makes their results transform and change. So what do you think it is that those successful people do then, that they do differently from one solopreneur to another solopreneur that then helps them climb that scale that you were talking about? Yeah, I think I think there's a, there's it's such a deep, subject is is this Jamie but I think uh, I think a, a passion for learning is one uh, in our space where we've been uh, you know friends for well over a decade now in our space if you go to a, a small business owner like what we are it, in, in fact I'll, I'll do it right now if I can if you look what you'll see is similar books like these on everybody's shelves. And if, you, if you're in an office there or, yeah. or in your house, you'll have similar things. So I think you've got to have a passion for learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've got to be really, really determined. So when I first started in, in business, I went to Business Link because I didn't know where else to go. I didn't know anybody that ran a business in, in a little village called Maltby in South Yorkshire. 
Yeah. I, in fact, I didn't know anybody that knew anybody that ran a business, you know. And so it was like, well, where do you go? So I went to Business Link, and I remember this guy standing up and saying, it's going to be really tough. You know, you think it's all great, but it's going to be really tough. And if you're not prepared for a fight, if you're not prepared to uh, to never, ever quit, no matter what's happening to you, you know, it, 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 you know, if life's happening not to you, it's happening for you. So if you look at life where you're, uh, where everything's a, a challenge, no matter what happens, how do you solve it? And I think the job of a of an entrepreneur or or a parentpreneur is to solve problems and challenges. And if you've got that kind of uh, fight in you, then you're going to do well no matter what happens, no matter what's thrown at you, no matter the economy, no matter what's happening in the world. I think them trades. And then I think that here's probably about seven or eight years ago, I did a uh, 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 a survey survey monkey uh, for a, for a hundred a hundred business owners and entrepreneurs, yeah. and ninety four percent of them never ever knew what the end game was, what the exit was, and I see this as especially in very small businesses, uh, you know, where people are running businesses themselves. Uh, nobody really understands what the end game is and it's like a gps if you like if you you have to tell a gps where you want to go and then like the directions you know the, the postcode or whatever and then it has to check where you're at right now and then there's a number of directions you've got to do along the way and i think most people don't do that they kind of they kind of flow along and say well i'll make money this week and i think one of the big things is is what's the end game for you what is success look, for, look like for you? What's your purpose? What's your vi- your vision? And what's your values? And what I found is most people don't put any time into that. And I think it's, you know, if you if you really have a, a direction of where you of where you're heading and at what point you're going to get you know get out of your business because we all leave our businesses at, at one time or another. I think that's one of the key things. But again, I think it's much much deeper than that, mate. Then I also think that a lot of people they. They don't own a business, they own a job. Yeah. And because they don't know where they're going and don't have any plan with that GPS, that's that's the reason why they get stuck. They're too focused on just making money for the now instead of building that business and, and building those systems and processes in that then make life much, much sweeter and then make it so that you can spend more time with your kids and do more of the things that, that you love to do. Yeah. So if I was a solopreneur on the beginning of my journey, what you, you mentioned business link and, and learning and things, what kind of steps would, would you advise to take first? But if you were just starting out in business? Yeah. Uh, what the advice I, w- I would give is uh, to understand why you are going into business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was a firefighter, I was really. Con- I, I, I'll tell a little story if I may, Jamie, because yeah, I think it's it, this will be relevant for people that are coming out of in, doing that step from employment to self-employment. Yeah. When I was a firefighter, uh, Katie uh, was very young, and I was not able to attend everything at school. So I managed to take her on her first day at school and pick her up. I managed at nursery. I managed to do it the first day at school, but some of the things I wasn't available were, were and that wasn't. I didn't have a family so that I work would take priority. And I, and I, you know, 
over the years, and I think very often people don't know the real purpose in, in business, especially when you're first starting out, and certainly I didn't. Uh, and the, I worked on this going through the years on what my real purpose was, but all I knew was I wanted to be where I uh, So I wanted to do what I wanted, when I wanted, with whom I wanted, not limited by uh, money or time or employment status. Yeah, and 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 most people kind of don't get that. And if like, I, you know, I have this thing now where I say, if I don't need money, would I do this today? Uh, and if it's no, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing it, no matter how how much it is. And 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 so when Jake's 22, we we recorded this in January 24, and Jake's 22 in uh, uh, in a couple of weeks. And when he was little. I wanted to be in a position where he came home and said, we've got a school trip, uh, Daddy. Uh, and if he's, what we always used to say, okay, there's one parent can go on it. Who do you want to go, Mummy or Daddy? And nine times out of ten, he'd say, Mummy. And I'd say, brilliant. But the times when he said, Daddy, yeah, I, I was going to be there. And that was a big driver for me, uh, being in control of my own destiny, some people fear it. And it's understandable if you think about how the education system works. It, they guide us, you know, from en, from education to employment. And that's where the government makes all the taxes. So that's where they want everybody to sit. So they kind of not, well, yeah, brainwash us into being employed and getting a good job and going to university and stuff like that. And it's not normal or extraordinary, I call it, if you step out of that and become part of what the 1%, if you're brave enough to do that and you're... And, and your drive is is something different than just making a load of money because yeah. there's a lot of, you know there's a lot and I think this is a really key point here there's a lot of billionaires that are completely depressed and you know so you have to find out your why for what purpose that you you're going into self-employment and if it's spend time with your family then don't negotiate put that first rather than really similar story of, of what drove me to kind of drive the the best singing waiters to where it was so i was on a gig and claire sent me some photos ironically seeing that i'm talking to you of jack at wigan fire station on one of their open days and yeah. um, i'm watching the well looking at these photos of jack pretending to hose down and in the fire engine and i'm at this wonderful wedding gig really blessed to kind of be at a venue like i was at but i just felt I'm missing all these moments. And that's really what drove me to then put in more systems and processes and make sure that I was the owner of a business and not an owner of a job. Um, because like you say, I want to do what I want, where I want, with who I want, whenever I want. Um, not limited by money. Yeah. And, and if and you think about it, mate, sorry for interrupting, but if you think about it, this is what people do their whole life. They work a minimum of 40 years, doing 40 hours a week, to retire on 40% of what they work for. So the whole goal is to get to that point at the end of their life where they can do what they want, when they want, with whom they want, not limited by money because you've got money coming in every week, every month, right? And what I'm suggesting is that you don't wait till you have retired. You start right now living that life and then you, you live life by design. You create your own destiny. And then what you do is you find the things around you to, to fit your lifestyle, not the other way around. 99% of people go to employment and they fit their family lifestyle around their employment. And for me, that's just that was not an option when I started. And it's more than two decades now when I when I first started on, on my own. And, 
geez, you know, again, making so many mistakes. Well, they say that uh, experience is an expensive teacher, and that was certainly my lesson. And I know you've had some too, because we've discussed it in the past. So now when I'm scheduling my week, I'm, I want to be more productive and, and get more done in a shorter space of time. So I use my Google calendar and I sit down on a either Sunday evening or first thing on a Monday morning. And the first thing I schedule in is the kids stuff. Yeah. And then it's my gym stuff because I want to look after my health. Mm-hmm. And then work comes in. Yeah. Um, most people will be the other way around and schedule all their work stuff in before they schedule out their family stuff. And then after their family stuff, they look after their health and, and, and do that. And to me, that's crazy. Well, I think it's interesting you say that. I've just pulled this off my wall. Uh, and I'll share it with you right, in, 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 in a second. Because I think one of the one of the things uh, that you asked is, you know, what advice would I give? And I talked about it. So it's a really deep, deep subject. But one of the things is your personal values or, or your the values and a hierarchy of, of what's important to you. So I know that you know this over the years. I've you know I've been to different places, Mount Everest and and uh, climb Mount, uh, Mount Kinabalu, and then I did the New York Marathon, London Marathon. On my fifty fourth birthday, I did a half Ironman. And what's happened to me along the way, and for for people that are just starting out, don't expect to get this straight away. But I think that you need what you need to do is you need to align what you've just demonstrated there, Jamie, is that your your values are aligned in what you're doing. So you're, you're measuring your time. Yeah. Uh, around what's important to you and why it's important. And most people don't ask themselves them two questions often enough. What's important to you and why it's important? So over the years, I've came up with what I've called my uh, my seven Fs framework. And this is a hierarchy that that I started working on and saying, well, why am I not happy with this? Why am I not happy with that? You know, because I'm, I'm either on or off. I'm a type of human being that I'm on or off. I, if I'm on something... I'm on it. So if I'm training for a marathon, I'm on it and nothing gets in the way. If I'm in business, I, nothing's getting in the way apart from my family. And then I kind of realized when in between events, I was putting weight on and not doing very well. What's going on until I come up with this? And I think hopefully this will benefit the people that watch this. If I, Hopefully you can see these here. Yeah. So I'm so just number one value. You go. You, you, you tell the story. Yeah. Number one value. Right. So I can't take care of my family because that's number two if I'm not fit and healthy. Yep. So I've just built a gym in the garage uh, in the I've got I'm actually working from above the garage now. And so number one for me is fitness because I've got to be fit and healthy. So I'm on uh, I'm 58 years old now before my 61st birthday. And I, this, this is on air now. So it's out there. Uh, my plan is in August of uh, 2026. I'll be doing a full Ironman, not a half Ironman. So for those that are here, uh, and so in in my my sixty first year, before my sixty first birthday, my my goal is to do a, a full Ironman. So I've done a half, but a full Ironman for those that are not aware, a two point four mile swim, one hundred and twelve miles on the bike, and then a marathon after it, which is just if if you've ever done a marathon, you know, can you imagine getting off a bike one hundred and twelve, one hundred and twelve miles? Then family. So that's the reason why you asked me earlier. You know, I've got. Uh, Alex and Jake working for me so we can build assets that are uh, are, are legacy. So what happens when I'm not here? Then frequency. Most people won't understand this, but what that means for me is how my state of mind is. So if you understand brain waves and uh, there's something called the Hawking scale, which measured vibrations in your body for what mood you're in. 
So I have to be in a high state of a high mental state, a good frame of mind every day. And if I'm not, I can't be fulfilled. I can't be really happy and content. And then notice here, this is what most people will be. Why is that down there? Right? Because can I be fit? Can I have a great family life? Can I be in a great state of mind? And can I be really happy without money? Yeah. So that's why it's right down there. Can I be, can I be free? Can I do what I want, when I want, with whom I want? No, because I've got bills to pay. And so once I get that bit right, then I can have some freedom, which creates fun in life. And, and I think that's, and hopefully you can see, I see it back to front yeah. there, but I just pulled it off the wall when, you know, when you were talking about, because that is for me, one of the key things. So if somebody says, do you want to do this? You know, do you, do you want to, do you want to do this to make some money? And I'm yeah. like, well, hang on a second. Does it fit with these? And if it doesn't, I'm not doing it. That's it. You know, unless so, I've got these in alignment. So looking at the frequency bit, I do quite a lot of meditation and visualization. Um, how do you kind of keep yourself aligned and 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 keeping that frequency vibe high? How do you, how do you go about doing that? Well, what, some of the seminars that I've done in the past, I, I teach a framework what I call steer. Uh, and if you can if you can picture uh, on the right hand side here, I don't is this the right hand side? Um, it is for me. It might not yeah, be, and, and that, so it will be for the people watching. Yeah. So if you've got an R there, an R means results, right? So you, you know I've done work with Doncaster Rovers, and I currently do work with uh, Premier League footballers and stuff like that. Not very much. Because uh, I'm quite busy. But when I go and work with footballers and a football team, I'll say, okay, football's all about results, right? So you can transfer this to business. Being in business is all about results. The results you get mean the quality of life. And they all said, yeah. And I, and I said, but does anybody ever have a bad day? And they say, yeah, wake, wake up on, you know, get out the wrong side of bed. And I said, and how, how, you know, what happens then? Well, I don't perform. So would you, would you understand then that your actions and behaviors affect your results? In psychology, call it cause and effect. So I put an A up, your actions affect your results. Would everybody agree with that? Because I would say if you're a business owner and you drink excessively till four o'clock in the morning and then want to get up at seven, how do you think your results are going to be? They're not great, right? So your actions and behaviors affect your results. Now, that then this has developed again over years. And then I was like, well, what affects your actions and behaviors? And it's your emotions. So if you think about it, your emotions, here, here's one for everybody that, that, uh, that that's listening to this. Have you ever noticed that before you go on holiday, the week before or even two weeks before, you seem to get so much more done than at any other time of the year? Because it's like you're, in, you're, 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 you're focused on something and it just seems like everything's effortless because, you you know, your emotions are, are, are raised, your your energy levels are raised, which means you perform better. Your actions and behaviors, which means you have a result. So that's E-A-R. And then I was like, well, having when I first started uh, doing uh, mindset stuff, Jay, I know you know this, but people listening won't. I, I wanted to, to test out all these things to see what worked. And so I did a lot of volunteering for people with alcohol and drugs and and depression and I would go and I would look at all the things that were going on inside the head at the time and what I noticed in 100 and I've been doing this now for 20 over 20 years in 100% of the of the uh, people that I've asked this question to they all say the same thing if somebody's depressed or feeling low 
and feeling down on themselves. You know, if they've been depressed for a number of years, I'll say, if you have a hundred thoughts in a day, if you have 100 thoughts, uh, how many of them are positive if you're depressed? And in a 100% of, of the occasions, there's never more positive uh, than there is uh, negative. They're all negative thoughts. Sometimes it's 100% negative thoughts. So I started digging down deep into that and saying, well, how does that work? And it turns out that the thoughts that you have create a frequency or a vibration on what's called a, a scale. So if you're in guilt or shame, you're a, a very low frequency. So the way that you're thinking affects your energy, your emotion levels. So if you're thinking of gratitude, if you're grateful every single day just for the little things, you're right above what I call the line. The line is 250 hertz uh, per second. And if your frequency is not above that, if your thoughts are not positive every day, so when people say, you've heard this, Jamie, but, you know, certainly over the last 15 years, when people say to me, how are you, Terry? I'll say something like, I'm embarrassingly awesome. And people look at me like, weirdo. Uh, but what they don't realize is that I'm trading my own brain every day by the thoughts because I'm raising that thought frequency. And, and let's talk about in, in business, it's very easy to get low and depressed and anxious oh. about things. Yeah. But all you're doing is you're allowing that frequency to, to come down. And so it's the thinking that creates the, the feelings. And this is true in uh, 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 in neural networks in your mind. So, uh, for example, dopamine, if you get in, there's a lot of things at the moment around cold uh, cold water shock therapy. And yeah. so if you get in, you, you your body releases a, a chemical called dopamine, uh, you know, a neurotransmitter. And then you've got serotonin, and and what what we what you realise is if you raise your frequency, you raise the chemicals in your brain because you know what's you know what what's uh, depression. It, people used to say, and they say it's different now, but they used to say it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. But nobody ever went to the root cause. So thoughts create your emotions. Emotions create your actions and behaviour. If you're in high frequency, your actions and behaviour create your results. And then over the last couple of years, I was like. But what transforms your thoughts? And I went, that's really interesting. So some days you just have negative thoughts and you don't think about it. And then I, I recall learning something, and I, you've, you've kind of done this in, in training with me, called the chain of excellence uh, or enter a presenter's I think you called it, uh, if, I'm, if I may it's say, it's 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 yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah. Well, that's the showbiz thing when, when I worked with um, – first job I got working with a, a drag queen I was his leading man and it was always about putting your your chest forward because of the way that it it lifts your energy that's right and in in performing arts you're always told to smile no matter how fucked up you've done the the choreography or if you've sung the wrong bit yeah. you smile your way through it and nobody notices yeah um, and most most importantly in the inside world you feel better yeah, because you put yourself in a state of mind of high performance, and so that's what I. So it starts with your state of mind. How do you do that? You do it by breathing in deep, getting into a different frame of mind. Your physiology changes. Yeah, so your physiology changes your, your mental state because you raise your chemical, you raise your frequency, and then what happens is that your results change. So nobody else notices it, but the most important thing is your inside world. You're raising that, so it's a steer. State, 
controls your thoughts, controls your emotions, controls your actions and behaviors, which controls your results. So if you're just focused on results and not the other things, you're not going to have a, the, you know, and the most amazing life. And, you know, as far as, as far as I, I know anyway, we're only here once. So I want to enjoy every single moment while I'm on this planet. So when people say, why are you always smiling? You know, and, and I play golf on Sunday and I walked to the golf club and a couple of people said, how are you? I said, I'm amazing. I woke up breathing and they look at me like, <laughs> I woke up breathing. But yeah, if and everyone else is going, not bad. Yeah, that's right. Not bad. If you think about it, the mind doesn't pick up negations. Yeah. So do not think about a bouncing kangaroo. You have to think about it. Do not hear it going boing, boing. You have to think about it. So the mind doesn't pick up the not. So I'm not bad. They're telling people they're bad. So I'm saying I'm amazing. I'm awesome. And people think I am kind of weird, but I live life in a really good state of mind. Not all the time, but a very high percentage of the time because I'm human. There has to be up. There has to be a down. Yeah. So when you look back to your childhood, how did your parents shape your life? Because obviously where you are now to, to where you were as a child, mm. how's that progressed then? Well, I think one of the greatest things, I think, is the family unit, Jamie. Family is unbelievable. My dad was a, he was a coal miner for 46 years, but also he was, he was a lot older than my mum. Well, nine years older, and he was actually a prisoner of war in the Second World War. He was 48 when I was born, and he spent five years in Stalag 9C. Uh, and and then after the war, things are, were quite tough. So I'm the youngest of four boys. My oldest brother is like 76. Uh, and, uh, you know, he nothing was really too much trouble to him. And he, that both him and my mum were really, really hard workers, and they valued openness, honesty, and integrity, telling the truth, doing the right things. And, and that's a lot of my values right now. I always say to people, I have to be open and honest. Open means, oh, like, if, I, if I'm thinking this is happening, I have to say it and verbalize it. I can't hold it inside. Yeah. And honest, yeah, and, and honest means always doing the right thing. I always say that, I used to say this to Katie, and I think, I think you, you adopted this. You never get it wrong doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you can't, you, you never get it wrong doing the right thing, you know. Uh, and, and I think that that's true. And so they shaped my own values of, of what's right and what's wrong on how to treat people with, you know, courtesy and respect and how I'd like to be treated back. And as you get through your youth, you don't always act in that way. But the values that are instilled in you in your first seven or eight years. So if you're a, if you're if you're a parent, I think. This psychologists call this the imprint period, the first seven years of any child's life. Yeah. And if you're not at home because uh, you're running a business, you're not influencing the first seven or eight years of, of, of the child's life for the rest of their life. Because once them values are set, uh, it is possible to change them, but they don't very often change that much than behaviours that you instill. Because they, if you think about this, when a child is young, uh, you know, I had a friend of mine called Carlo who spoke six or seven languages. And when I used to work with fast jets, if we had jets coming from Germany or Italy and the pilots weren't great at English, and I was under the aircraft plugged in understanding what the problem was, I used to call Carlo over, put the headset on, and he would speak to me in French and Italian or German. And I thought that was amazing. I said, how did you learn that? He said, learn it. I just grew up in Austria and we spoke all the languages. And so we're sponges as kids. And the sponge just isn't for information. If you think about it, nobody teaches 
children to speak, they absorb what's going on and then they start increasing their vocabulary and it's unconscious. So that, you know, so the first seven or eight years of your life, they're picking up everything around them. And if you're not there to influence that, you're missing a massive part of it. And if somebody's watching this now and is working 80 hours a week and saying, I'm doing it for my family, you have to realize right now that you are not. Yeah. You know, you're not doing it for your family. You're doing it because you think it's best for your family. But actually what's best for your family is in the first seven or eight years, you've been able to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, not limited by money. So you can influence them children for the rest of their life. And that's to me why systems and processes are so damn important, because then you can free up your time, delegate more stuff and then be that influential parent that you need to be for your yeah. kids. Definitely. So, I just add one thing to it before your next, next question, sure. Jamie, there. Uh, I think you talk about systems and processes. I like to talk about rhythms uh, and uh, a perfectly repeatable week. Here again, when people are really busy, this is a, a, a something that I picked up. People are either reactive or proactive. What you're demonstrating is putting systems and, pro, and, and processes are what I call rhythms in your business. Yeah. So I think that what one of the things that small business owners need to do is, is to really uh, uh, become proactive and put in a perfectly repeatable week. So if you do things at the same time, the same day, the same week around your family, but it's the same time, because here's what happens in the mind. We've got something like 20 billion bits of information we come into our mind every, you know, uh, every single day it's like incredible we can't think about everything and if you're if you're like a you're trying to do well you're always thinking of new ideas and stuff like that and so what you've got to do is you've got to guard that and the way in which you do that something comes into your mind you write it down because there's a time in the week when you do that and i think that's one of the one of the the most powerful strategies that new you know, parentpreneurs, stuff like that. You plan around your family and then you have dedicated focus at that time, just in what you were saying there. I think it's so important. Yeah. So the, the, a really easy way to do that is to do what I call a time audit. Um, so you kind of have Monday to Friday and then every quarter of an hour on that spreadsheet, you write down what you're doing. Yeah. And if you see patterns within that, if you've done it for a couple of weeks, that's what then can be put into a, what you call your rhythms, what I call systems and processes, and that makes business so much easier. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's worth mentioning compartmentalization. Uh, so that's uh, you know like each compartment uh, in your business. So let's talk about what I call MSoft. Every business has, I believe, five elements: marketing, which drives the leads which goes to sales, so yeah. you convert the leads into sales, operations, that you convert operation, you do the, you're doing, you know, you, 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 you get people going to weddings or, or, you know, and then there's finance. But the, the most important element is, is talent or the people. So MSOF, marketing drives sales, sales drives operations, so you don't do any, any work in that until you get, until you, you know, you don't win any sales and then you have to deliver it. Then you have to get paid for it, and then it's what you do with the team. And if you compartmentalize them five things in any business, uh, so it like like if you if you think, oh, Jamie, I could use some of these uh, these videos for my marketing. That goes into the marketing compartment, and then let's say that you do that ninety minutes a day. 
So, uh, you know, if, if tonight I think, wow, what Janie said today, I could really do that, then what you do is you write it down, and then when in your 90 minutes, that's when you work on it. And what most people do is say, oh, I'll work on that, I'll work on that, I'll work on And they wonder why that they're not getting the success that they want or, or, or deserve. Yeah, I call that my Premier League time um, um, because I, I believe that if you don't dedicate that Premier League time, you can't, can't play Champions League. That's right. With the same sort of setup that you would have if you were playing pub football, and that ninety minutes is really, really important. So we were speaking about your kids. So what are the lessons that you've learned over the years from your kids? Then what have they taught you? Oh wow! Oh, uh, I think that they've taught me that they're the greatest gift in life. Uh, my whole well, you see, my framework has changed now. You can sense it, and hopefully, people can. They. They are they're the most wonderful thing that, 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 that's happened to me in my life. And every day I cherish the little smiles. You know, uh, Katie's uh, 29, 29 this year now. And uh, when she's a little girl, when, when Katie was little, I used to watch other people, Jamie, you know, old, older people. They'd be sat in a cafe and, I, you know, we'd be feeding her and they'd be looking and smiling. I used to think, oh, that's nice. And uh, and now I do the same when people have got young kids. But what I didn't realise is what they're actually doing is reminiscing all the memories, all the feelings associated with their kids growing up. And so, you know, when your kids are young, you have to, your job, I've said this a, a lot over the years, but your children are a book. And like Katie's on chapter nine, Jake's on chapter 22 of their book. And I... I think that over the years, early days, I was expecting them to be on my chapter. So I'm on, I'm on, I'm 58 now. So I'm on my 59th chapter. That's how I look at it. And I'm expecting them to, you know, to behave the same way as I am and they can't. And so I think what you have to do is your kids like help you realize where they are. But the most important thing I believe is, is the memories that, that, that are treasured and that, you know, you have, well, you know, once the body starts failing when you're about 140 years old, Jamie, and then you're sat in a chair, you know, once the body starts failing, all you've got is your memories. And so don't bypass them. And I think that's what they've taught me to enjoy. And that life's not just about making money and and making a difference. It's about the family unit and, and how special that is. Yeah, making those memories. Yeah. So I heard on, I've been doing my research and, and listening to, to some of the podcasts that you've done with other people. And you said that success is an inside job. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I really do believe that there's an outside world and an inside world. And if you're not thinking in the right way, you know, you're 80% not going not, not to be successful. So if we talk about 80%, 100% of business success, I believe is 80% psychology i.e the way in which you think and 20 percent strategy so the things that you do in your business and if you're not having thinking time every single day about what you're doing why you're doing it when you're doing it and for what purpose you're doing it you you know you're just going to be floating if you if you you know if you get in a taxi and say you say where do you want to go so just anywhere or you'll get there and so you you know business is a thinking man and woman and person sport you know, it's not just about what you do. So it, the people that are really successful, really, really successful get that and they operate 
a lot here. Let's just talk about uh, one of the most, the most successful investor, individual investor of all time, Warren Buffett. Yeah. Right. Who started reading finance newspapers at 12 years old. He'd go into work every morning. He, he, you know, they call him the Oracle of Omaha. And he'd go into work every morning and he would, he, he would, in his car, which is, he, he still lives even today in a very modest house. Uh, and uh, he'd go into work and how he did yesterday determined whether he would go to McDonald's every morning and, and he would, have a large meal if he had a really good day the day before or just a, a small meal if he if he didn't on the way to work. Then he'd go into work and he'd get all the newspapers and he'd spend three hours reading, just chilling out. And how do you become the most successful investor? You know, and, and we lost, unfortunately, his business partner, Charlie Munger, a couple of months ago. And uh, they had, when Charlie died, $160 billion in cash in the bank in the bank, not assets, in the bank, and uh, and he would spend most of his day doing nothing. And so if that doesn't tell you that business is a thinking person's sport, then I don't know what is. And that's what I mean by success is an inside job. All the thoughts, all the feelings, all the emotions that you have have to be aligned in where you want to go. If they're not, you're just floating. And you know what they say, that only dead fish go with the flow. The smart fish swim up the street, go against the norm, do all the hard work so they can spend the rest of their life in calm waters. Yeah. And what I think you were alluding to a little bit is also about how important goal setting and, and planning is as well. So that with what we teach, you've kind of got your three-year vision, then you break it down into a one-year vision, then 90 days, then into month and then into your week. Um, and that's kind of what leads into my schedule so that I know what the GPS is. And then I can put my thinking little bits there and, and do my little bits of learning and just have space to think sometimes, isn't it? It's, it's Sometimes as human beings, we're all in too much of a rush to be doing things all the time. We've got to be busy. Yeah. Um, and social media has probably paid a... One of the bad things about social media is we're always kind of doing stuff with our hands rather than yeah. just chilling out and being bored sometimes and just thinking. Yeah. If you if you've got uh alerts on your phone, it's gonna have an effect on your success. That's hundred percent. Years ago now I turned all the alerts off. Uh yeah. so uh, I think it's one of the smartest things that people can do. And uh spend time reading rather than flicking through TikTok or whatever. Uh if you if you are, if you just adopt that habit every day, I think that's that'll be incredibly important. And, and interestingly, uh a few years ago, uh, seven years ago, I started buying and investing in businesses. And that's the exact same thing that we do with them all. We get our, uh, our mission, our values, our, our marketing niche, uh, and then we will put into rhythms. We'll have two days every year where we focus on the next 12 months. We'll also look at the 10-year, the, the, the long-term goal, for five yeah. or three years. And then the, the immediate 12 months and every quarter we review that with one day every quarter and then the 90 days. And then the 90 days go into weekly to-dos and every to-do that we do is either done or not done. And we have meetings that start on the same time uh, and you are, it, like it starts on the same time. So that means you have to be in there 10 minutes before and it finishes on time. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and that I cannot emphasize enough it's great that you do that and what you teach that because that actually works in working for yourself 
as a, a solo parentpreneur or whether you've got a team of, you know, two, three, four hundred people. I had, a, uh, had 88 scaffolders once and a small management team that led every behavior on them through that system in one business that we, that we, that we bought. And, I, I, and it works in any business. If you say it don't work for me, then you're missing a trick, 100%. Yeah. And I think it's so important to put it in, in place in the early days as well yeah. as a solopreneur. So that then when, if you want to scale, because not everybody does want to scale, some people are quite happy kind of being that solopreneur. But yeah. if you want to scale, you've then got the opportunity to bring people in, delegate, create, and create a bit more time and space for yourself. Yeah, I think that the really important thing about what you just said there is uh, people say, what's your why? You know, what's your why? What's your purpose? Uh, and I, when we're kids, kids are taught that when you say why, you, you very often from your parents don't get an answer. But why, daddy? Well, because. Why, daddy? Just because. Just because. That's it, because I get fed up for answering it. Yeah. Uh, but I always found... <clears throat> That if you ask for what purpose, your mind goes into a different a different place. For what purpose are you in business for yourself? And if you can write down what you'll what you'll find is a series of values, like I shared earlier. For what purpose? You know, well, it'll for me it was like control my own time, control exactly where I am, when I am, and I think that's that's what everybody's after. I think it's interesting. No matter what business owner, at what level you are, whether whether you work for yourself on your own or whether you've got a team of people, I believe that human beings, and I say I'm more than two decades into this now, human beings are just after one thing. They're after a, because you say, like, why, why are you in business? I want to make a million pounds. Okay, yeah. but why or for what purpose? So I can do this, this and this. And there's a, there's a bit about recognition from, from other people, uh, for some people. I, if you're honest with yourself, it's most people. Uh, but the important thing is that what we talked about earlier, doing the ability to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, not limited by money. But as you're going on that journey, every single person is after what I call a better quality of life. So even if you're working as a job, you want to get promoted so that you can have a better quality of life, so you can have a better car, a better holiday, stuff like that. And I think that that, it, that determines what your purpose is for setting up the business might be time. And that yeah. if you do that, and you and you don't make a lot of money, but you're happy and you love that, you're successful. And that's, again, you know, you're successful. If you want to make, if you want to sell your business for £10 million, then you, then you do that. You're successful, but you, it's not success if you're miserable and depressed because of all the time that you've spent in it. You know, it's about how do I, my purpose is, is to live life what I call back to front on purpose, doing every single day what I want, when I want, with whom I want, not them to buy money. And so if it fits around that, then that fits well for me. I'm, I'm happy. I'm fitting all my values into that if that happens. Yeah, for me, it's about creating those moments with the family so that yeah. then when they're at school, I can fit my work in there. Yeah. And, and when they're at school, I can go and do their activities, spend time waiting around for dance lessons to finish and waiting for football practice to finish or taking swimming lessons. Yeah. Um, and just being able to do those things with the kids, that to me is much more important than being able to do and mate, there'll be, gigs a year or something. Yeah, there'll be people watching this, I'm sure, that are saying, oh, that's okay for you. You know, or you, you, you know, it's okay for you to say things like that, but I have to work. I'm here to tell you that 
That is just nonsense. If you think if you're in that kind of mindset, that's exactly what I'm talking about, about the inside game being successful. And if you yeah. can't eat, I get it. But you just focus on times around what, what the real purpose is. And a, a, a story, my, my dad was 48 when I was born. My mum was 39. And once a year, he used to play football with me. Once a year when we're on holiday. And typically, we've got great Yarmouth on our holidays when I was growing up. And I used to look forward to that. And as I grew up, I thought, I really look forward. That's, you know, the time he used to spend with me. And then I realised that that's what he did with the other four boys as well. Uh, the other three boys, so the four of us. Uh, and I started to think of all the things that I got from for Christmas as a, as a kid. And I couldn't even remember maybe half a dozen things that I got in all my life when I was getting presents from my mum and dad. Half a dozen things. But the things I really remember are the time that... Uh, my dad and my mum spent with me and the people around me spent with me. I remember the experiences. I don't remember the, the things. And we make this excuse in our lives where we have to work really hard to give the things. We give the kids the best Christmas to have a better lifestyle. But actually, all they really need is our time, our attention, you know, our frequency, our, you know, our, uh, the, the experiences being built. And, you know, we, we spent summers away. I booked the whole summer off because I was designing my own life and we'd go away and tour France and Spain. And even if it's intense and you haven't got a lot of money, but it's about creating the memories, you know, and I think that most, most people, especially when things are tough for small, small business owners, you know, uh, parentpreneurs, solopreneurs, things like that. You kind of don't think in that way, but you have to, you have to do the hard work inside your head that makes the rest of it easy. Exactly. It's blocking out that time to think because success leaves clues. So yes. if other people are doing it, there, there must be a way of working out for, for you to do it. And sometimes people will be like, well, it's okay that you finish every day at 3, 3.30. Um, I can't do that. Well, finish one day at three o'clock yeah. and just gently ease it in so that then it forces you then to think of better systems and processes that mean that you can manage it um going back to the holidays one of the the best holidays i ever had was when i was my 40th birthday we spent three weeks in in florida and a, a friend of ours andy gibney said said to me at the time that you should do that again next year but you don't need to go to florida just go on a caravan holiday to to cornwall because it's not the things that that you did in in florida it's the time you spent with your kids kids doing yeah. that um, and now every summer we've got a caravan that we've got up on the far coast. And I work from the caravan on the far coast the whole six weeks we spend the summer up there. And it's it's one of my it's a favourite time of year anyway because I love the hotter weather. But those memories that we make together, just going Blackpool and and around into the parks and things, it's it's magic. Honestly, honestly, the <laughs> again if we if we're all right for time, Jay, I'll tell you a little story. But uh, when Jake was about three or four. So Kate, it'd be about, yeah, um, 10, 11, 12, something like that. Uh, I was one of them guys that said, I'm not having a caravan. It's complete nonsense. You know, I don't, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. If we're going on holiday, we're going to go somewhere and we're going to spend some money and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and Nikki said, well, do you mind if, while you're working, because I was always busy, you know, the kids are busy, busy, busy. And I, I can't do that. I can't take time off work. And she said, well, do you mind if I have uh, if I have my dad's caravan and go to Clumber Park uh, in Sherwood Forest? There's a caravan park site there. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course. And she said, well, you can come out over work, after work. 
And what I, you couldn't, you, you only allowed, like if you're on the campsite, you can take the car in. So I used to drive after work, half past five, six o'clock in the summer, and I'd sit outside and I'd watch my wife and Katie and Jake running around having games and the smiles and the laughter in their face. And I did this for three or four days on my trot, sat for maybe half an hour watching them. And I had this little moment inside where it was like, where I swore at myself and I was like, Terry, you completely idiot. What you're doing is allowing what's going on in your head to prevent your kids from having an amazing time. And that very year I went and bought a caravan. And it's one of the greatest gifts for times that you can ever have for your family. And it doesn't need to be a caravan or expensive one. You can do it in a tent. You can do any of these things really cost effectively. But the quality time that you have with your kids, I never had a telly in the caravan. It was always we'll play games and, you know, we'd do stuff. And I remember some friends came to visit. Uh, and well, Jake was Jake was probably about 13 then. And I was grilling on the barbecue and Jake rang me on the phone. And I pick up the phone and I was like, hey, son, you're all right. And I'm grilling some burgers and steaks and stuff. And, you know, I'm having some fun. Uh, and he says, Dad, I need you. And I was like, what do you mean you need me? We're losing at football. I need you. Come now. And I was like, okay, son, I'll be there in a minute. And a friend of mine, Mark, I said, in fact, you know Mark, uh, the yeah. personal trainer. I said, yeah. Mark, carry on this barbecue. I'm going to play football. He's like, what are you on about? We're having a, a, a beer and stuff like that. I was like, no, no, no. Jake needs me. So I went off and played football and I, when I came back. And there's a little kind of thing of what's important. And that all came from caravanning and them quality memories. You know, the kids always talk about them now. Always, They never talk about what we bought, you know, what they had for Christmas. And as a parent, I always found I didn't think I could do enough when the kids were young and buy them enough stuff that they wanted. And it used to drain me a little bit. But as an older person now, I realized it was never about what they got. It was about their experiences, and I never even thought about that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I can tell you for nothing, there's no way my Jack would be ringing me going, Dad, I need your help on a football pitch, because the amount of times he makes is me now. It's embarrassing. Um, so we're getting towards the, the end of this show. I just want to ask you a few quick questions, if I may. Um, so what are the key three behaviours you would like to installing people if you could kind of wave a magic wand what are the three behaviors that are a must for you three behaviors that are a must uh i, I yeah i think that you know a continual learning i think that has to be one of them if, if we're talking about uh helping people to get more of what they want in life and less of what they don't want i think you have to be continually learning uh you 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 have to have the ability to never quit. And, and I think that you've always got to operate on your own values, on your own gut instinct, because it's never wrong. I think that's probably number one, you know, because there's a lot of stuff in the outside world people want to tell you to do, or oh, should I be doing this? But if you go inside and you operate in your, in, at, at your gut, or what I call your unconscious mind, yeah. you know, it's never wrong. I've never found it wrong yet. And so always go inside and trust that. I think that's probably... My, my key about trusting your gut is always about stuff because you'll be there and you love that niggly little feeling in your belly and, and kind of like you want to be a nice human. You want to give them all the opportunities to kind of be the best version of themselves and it never happens. And kind of three, six, even 12 months later, it bites you on the butt and you have to get rid. It's, it's, you need to trust your gut more, especially with stuff. Yeah. So what was the first record you ever bought? 
uh, Stranglers, No More Heroes. Nice, nice. What's the, the most memorable place you've ever visited? Oh. Do you know, we've just had, Nikki and I have just had three weeks tour in Thailand. Oh, nice. Uh, we, we went through all the islands in December. Uh, and uh, we visited some amazing places. Uh, but the both special memories, I think, have been created in Scotland when we when we did a tour. So I think Scotland's one of my favourite places on the planet. Cool. Uh, we go we go all the time now to Lanzarote. So I've got uh, we, we we visit a place called Club La Santa. Uh, okay. We've got a little timeshare. It was very it's quite cost effective, uh, but again, it's around that fitness and family and all them all them alignments. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, Scotland's. What are your top three books that you can recommend for people? Because you talked a lot about reading and learning. Yeah, but it depends where they are in the journey, uh, really. I think that uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is a complete classic that I visit, I revisit all the time. I think Robert Kiyosaki, Rich uh, Dad, Poor Dad, is a really good one for people early on in the, the journey, understanding that it's actually, if you go up that, that area where where I was talking about earlier, you get to invest in the investing assets and assets buy your time back. I think that's a really good uh, kind of distinction in there. And then, ooh, ooh, third book, third favorite book. I think it'd have to be one from like Sir Tony Robbins, like Unleash the Power Within or something like that, I think, most likely. Yeah. Excellent, excellent stuff. So one final thing, where can people find you, Terry, if they want to find out more about what you do? So I haven't been very active on social media for, I went away and I started investing in buying businesses, so I've not been very active, but what, you know, by the time this gets out, uh, there should be a new website up at terrygormley.com or if you search on social media, uh, on, on most of them I've got there, and you'll find me under Terry Gormley or, you know, and stuff like that. If you just search for me there, you'll find me there if you want. Excellent. Please connect. Yeah, well, Terry, I can't thank you enough for joining me on on my first ever podcast. So oh. hopefully, um, it, it's been a painless experience. Um, can't thank you enough, um, ladies and gentlemen. Please give it up for the one and only, the Big G, Mister Terry Gormley. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Cheers, thank Terry. Cheers, mate.